Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hi, everybody. So excited to be back with you tonight to talk about being safe and secure. What's that old hymn? Safe and secure. Yeah, I got Teresa here with me singing it. She knows all those old hymns, don't you, Teresa? (laughs) So this is part two. And if you uh, listened last week, we kind of left you on a cliffhanger of falling off of Psalm 91 about how in the world do we get into the secret place. So I'm excited to talk to you and show you exactly what it means to get there. You know, everybody wants to be secure Um, We want to be secure in our marriages. You know, my husband and I do a lot of marriage counseling. And the reason that we do marriage counseling is because we had a sorry, sorry marriage, horrible marriage. Um, We could have any of y'all ever heard of Jerry Springer. We could have been on the Jerry Springer show. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. And since my husband's listening, that's really all I'm going to say. But we... We had to end up with uh, biblical counseling, which I just want to really recommend if you are in a hot mess in your marriage, God created marriage. So he really, really, really wants to help you reconcile that. He, uh, the marriage and the church. He, so he, he not only wants to help you, he knows how to help you. And so be very, very careful if you go for Christian counseling, because right now in this world, is it new age? Is it progressive Christian? Is it really Christian? I don't know. But one thing I can guarantee you is that newthetic Biblical counseling, which is what we went to, is all about what the Bible says. So it doesn't really matter what you think, what you feel, how you feel. It's all about what does the Bible say. And so after after going through that and having a successful marriage, uh, we literally went through and became, I didn't really want to be the neuthetic counselor, but it was like a, I want to say like 700 years worth of training. And I was like, that was before we had kids. So I was like, well, I, we'll just kind of use it like a date night, right? <laughs> Just go to the classes and that'll give us an excuse to go out to dinner and be together. But um, all joking aside, because when you're having, I'm going to tell you, when you're having marriage problems, life ain't fun. Whew, I can remember coming home and not even wanting to pull into the driveway because I was like, I just don't even want to deal with this. But we want, and especially after, you know, when you first start dating someone and you you love them so much, you know, when you love somebody, you trust them right? You trust them. I mean, you trust them until they break your trust, right? When you love God, if we really, really, really love God, the same way we, for girls anyways, I don't know how boys feel, but the way the girls love their uh, spouses before they get married, we would trust God. We would trust God the same way we trusted our spouses. Uh, But after that trust is broken, it's very, very difficult because Everybody wants to be secure in their marriage, right? Same way with friendships. After a friend has messed you over, um, I have stories for days about that, but after a friend has messed you over or you don't trust them anymore, it's very, very difficult to feel secure, right? After your job has cut you or taken away money or done something wrong, it's difficult to be secure in your job. What about your bank account? Oh my gosh. You know what? I went to the bank the other day for one of our accounts to do something. Did you know that the federal government takes $5 a month out of your account if your account is dormant for a year? What? I thought I had myself a little forced savings account. And I go in and I was trying to get a debit card for it to use for something. And um, 
the lady said, oh, I'm sorry, your account's dormant. And so I finally pulled it up and looked at it. It was shame on me, right? I should be looking at my account every month, I'm sure. She said, uh, but they're taking $5 a month out of the account if you don't have a transaction in it. There goes your security for your bank account. Okay, so here's the question. We want all of that security and all of those things, right? Our marriages, our friendships, our jobs, our bank accounts. Nobody in this room, did you guys know that they would take $5 out of your bank account? Okay, so see, there you go. I need a little bit of response here. That That's an amazing piece of information. <laughs> so why, why, why is there this nagging feeling inside of so many people after all of the efforts and all of our desires to achieve this security? It's There's this underlying sense. It's almost like it's living below the surface of, insecurity, that insecurity that we have in so many areas of our lives, insecurities. You know, I just had a conversation with a friend last night uh, that called me and said, I've just finally decided, <laughs> I've just finally decided that you and one other person are just the only friends I'm going to have, and I'm just going to have to live with it. And I was like, well, I'm going to really try hard not to be offended by that because I'm thinking I'm a pretty good friend. But right now it sounds like I'm just the best you can get. Um, but this person has been hurt so many times and is literally on the phone with me. I was driving home from a television show I was on in Greenville. So this had to be like 11 o'clock at night. They're literally telling me all of these horrible, horrible things that have happened in past friendships. And so they don't have any security in a friendship. They don't even know what a real friend looks like, what a real friend is. Um, you know, another idea about security is uh, Pastor Max O, our pastor in Haiti. Uh, for those of you who follow what happens with us, which you can do that on Love Him, Love Them on our Facebook page or on our website, lovehimlovethem.org, uh, or through the, our YouTube channel, uh, Love Him, Love Them. But Pastor Max O, uh, for a year now, last July 27th was when the president was assassinated in the country of Haiti. And it has been civil unrest and gang rule since then. And so one of the things that we as a board of directors offered our head pastor and the leader of our administration in Haiti was 24-hour security. We said, you know, we'll just hire somebody anytime you leave the house or even we'll just keep them outside of your home. And then wherever you go, whatever you do, we'll make sure that you have security. And he, I'll never forget, he answered back with me. I mean, not even five seconds after and said, oh, Mommy Linda. The person you hire to keep me safe might be the person that kills me. I can't trust anybody, especially not a security guard. It's like, hmm, very interesting. And then he looked back at me and he said, I will use Psalm 91 to be my protection. I was like, okay. You know, and yet we have that offer. <laughs> we have that offer, that total and that permanent security that comes from the Bible. There is a different source that we can use. And Pastor Max O's nailed that down. Uh, Proverbs 133, and it says, where wisdom of God speaks and says, whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. You know, tweet that. I mean, I don't know how to tweet, but what if, what if you were living at ease and without any fear of harm. That's that's for real, for real security, right? That's like complete security. No fear and at ease. I don't remember the last time I was at ease. Um, 
you know, we talked about before, I think it was last week's podcast about what does the Bible say about security in times of trouble? We were talking about war and famine. And I mean, you can check that whole story out on the YouTube channel. That's that one is called Safe and Secure. We were focused on the security that we get when we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. So I'm going to read these to you. I, I really highly suggest that you memorize these words. Um, that was always one of the requirements that we had for our interns before they went to Haiti. Uh, we have interns that work in our orphanages, interns that work at the guest house, interns that volunteer at the transition home, at our hospital. And so one of the many, many things, learning Creole, how to parler Creole Haitian, uh, and also learning Psalm 91. So listen closely, and maybe you'll see why because of what they had to enter into, why this was so important that they had this on the tip of their tongue. Whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night. You really need that when you're in Haiti. Nor the arrow that flies by day. Nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. Can you imagine if... Something happened to 10,000 people that were standing right beside you, but it didn't happen to you. That's what Psalm 91 says. But it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. I remember I did a skit about that when I used to go to North Metro First Baptist Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia. I don't know if that whole team is listening, but uh, we did a whole skit about that. And I'm just going to say we had a tent up on the stage and feathers coming out in the whole nine yards. But that's not what it meant. But we were trying to get our point across. You see, there are two basic conditions that we have to meet to get this security. First of all. We have to be permanently dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, right? It's not just a place that we duck into when we're in a jam or when we're in a crisis, but it has to be a place of our permanent dwelling. And then second, we have to make our own bold personal confession. It says in the verse, I will say of the Lord, and what we say becomes ours in our personal experience. Uh but according to this, if we don't say it, we have no claim to it because it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I want to be real careful right there because as I'm saying that out loud, it almost sounds like the um, the new age meditation or chanting that if we say that we have to say something for it to become our personal experience. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that in this particular verse, it says, if you say the Lord is my refuge. Because I know there's a lot of chanting going on right now with New Age. There's a lot of, if I say this, the law of attraction, if I, if I think it, it will happen. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm simply reading what Psalm 91 says. 
Um, so the practical question that comes out of Psalm 91 is this. How can we make the secret place our dwelling place? How do we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, right? That should be everybody's question. How do we do that? How can we get into that secret place? Well, it's very clear that if it's a secret place, guess what? It's hidden, <laughs> right? It has to be searched for. It is not going to be advertised. You're not going to go down the our, – our offices are in Royston, Georgia, so you are not going to drive down the big city of Royston, Georgia, and see a sign hanging outside of the Ty Cobb Museum that says, this is the secret place. No, because it's a secret. If there was a sign hanging out saying this is the secret place, then it wouldn't be a secret, right? So this is a secret that we have to find. And in Job, it tells us about this place. In Job 28, he says this, Who can find where wisdom dwells? Remember, it was in Proverbs that it said, wisdom is what offers us the total security. That's what it says in Proverbs. And now Job is telling us, who can find where wisdom dwells? Or just look at it with me. Job 28, 7 and 7, Job chapter 28, verse 7 and 8. These verses tell us how God has hidden the secret place. No bird of prey knows that hidden path. No falcon's eye has seen it. Proud beasts do not set foot on it, and no lion prowls there. So the animals don't have no clue where the secret place is, okay? Not according to in Job. All right, and then in verse 14, it says, The deep says, it's not in me, and the sea says, it is not within me. There's two more, two more clues, right? It's not hidden somewhere in the depths of the sea. And then if you go on to verse 21 and 23, it says, it is hidden from the eyes of every living thing. It's concealed even from the birds in the sky. I love birds in the sky. By the way, I have a robin that is, or not a robin. What did everybody tell me? It's not a robin. It's, what is it? It's a cardinal, but it's the red bird. And I have a red bird that will visit me every day. And he comes in and I whistle the little whistle that he whistles. I'll do it four times and then he does it four times or I'll do it five times and he does it five times. Sometimes when people are at my house for Bible study, I think they think I've really just gone off the deep end with the birds, right? But even the birds of the sky, it, wisdom is concealed from them. They, that is a lot of wisdom is concealed from that red bird because if it would just come down, I would give it crackers and fruit and all kind of stuff to eat, but it stays in the tree. Destruction and death say only a rumor of it has reached our ears. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. That's the secret place of the Most High. The animals haven't seen it. The birds in the air can't see it. It isn't in the depths, and it isn't in the sea. But there is a significant statement about destruction and death. Destruction and death say only a rumor of it has reached our ears. In other words... When you get to destruction and death, you're beginning to get warm. Do you remember whenever we were little and we would play that game like you'd hide something and then people would go around the room and you'd go, oh, you're getting warm. Oh, no, 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 you're getting cold. You're too far away from it. Oh, no, 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 you're getting warm. You're too far away. You're getting cold. It's almost like it's a hint in the Bible that only a rumor of it has reached our ears 
But when you get near death, then you're beginning to get near the secret place. Have you ever seen like in a a, uh, movie or even a picture, sometimes it'll have like a blanket hanging over a door in a house and that leads to a secret place. Um, There was this house that we were looking at in Haiti that we were thinking about buying or rent. We're probably just going to rent it. You don't want to buy stuff in Haiti. Sometimes when you buy a house in Haiti, (laughs) you think you bought the house, but you didn't buy the land that was underneath it. And so, yeah, that can be a a real issue. Um, But we were looking at renting this house and it just kept going on and going on and going on and going on. And the guy that was there that owned it, he happened to be there from France or Canada or somewhere. And he was showing me around in it. And all of a sudden, he took this one door and turned it and like the whole thing turned around like a bookshelf and boom, there was a whole nother part of a house. So, I mean, it was like this hidden door that opened up into this secret place. And then once you opened it, there was a whole nother world over there. You know, I think that's the answer to where the secret place is. I I think there's a door I think it's a hidden door that takes us to the secret place, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. And I think when we see that cross, at first we don't like it, right? We don't like what it represents. We want to shy away from it. But behind the cross is the door to the secret place. The cross of Jesus is the door to the secret place that no animal can find, no bird can find, and that all of nature create and all of natural creation does not know where it is because it's in the spiritual realm. It's not in the natural realm. Colossians 3 talks about being in the secret place, and it actually identifies it. If you go to Colossians 3, it says, Since then... You have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. That's not talking about the next world. It's talking about now and being hidden with Christ in God is being in the secret place. You know, Paul says you died. That's the cross. The secret is when Jesus died, he didn't die for himself. I also, I heard last week about, uh, so many people that and I know I'm stuck on this new age thing. It's because that um, somebody that read our new book, we have a new book out called Choir of Angels. I don't know if you have it yet or not, but if you don't, you need to get it. I can promise you it will change your world forever, which is what's happening when people are reading it. They're literally calling me with question after question after question. I'm going to have to write a follow up book. But one of the people that called me this week uh, who had read the book in one sitting or two sittings. She read it Sunday afternoon after we spoke and then Monday morning she finished it up. And she called me with all of these questions about her best friend uh, that is in New Age. But one of the things about Jesus dying on the cross is people were referring to God as a child abuser. 
and saying that he killed his own son. And that has not that is not the way the Bible states that. For, for first of all, Jesus was God, right? In the flesh. So he's it's he's not killing it's not the way it works. And he didn't die for himself. He died for us. He was our representative. He took our guilt. He took our shame. He took all of our condemnation and he died our death. So when we understand it and by faith receive what the Bible says, that when Jesus died, we died, Paul also says. You know, the verse says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live and yet not I, but who lives? who's supposed to be living in us? Christ lives in us. You know, Paul says you died. You passed through the death of Jesus, through the cross into a new realm, a realm that's not in the natural realm, a realm that senses cannot discern, a realm that natural creatures do not even perceive. It is a realm in Christ, and we are hidden with Christ in God. I want you to just pause for one moment, and I want you to think about the total security that that represents. It's like we have a double protection. First, we have our protection in Christ, and then I'm also in God. And nothing in the whole universe can reach me except if it comes through God and through Christ. You know, our life isn't in this visible world. We're here in the flesh, but we have another kind of life. We have a different life from a different source. Our body is really just a clay vessel. It's just an instrument here for this other life. Have you heard that song? Um, One of my very good friends, Chad Lawson, Teresa, when Diane first died, Diane was a good friend of ours and... Uh, that whole story is in this book, Peanut Butter Crackers and Flip Flops. It tells about my friend Diane and and all the things that happened through her death. But after she died, I remember Chad, her husband, would always sing. There was a big song out then that said, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. And he would always call me when that song came on the radio. And he was like, you know, I just, I'm just i really excited to be able to go spend the rest of eternity with God and with Diane. But this world is not our home. Right. To think that Paul says that it's just, we're just it's just a clay vessel and that we can go through. We can go through many difficulties. We can go through many pressures. There, there's not any guarantee that we won't face many, many difficulties here. Matter of fact, we're told we were, we're going to have a lot of trouble. But if in that clay vessel, it's a different kind of life. It's an eternal life. It's an incorruptible life, an indestructible life. And we are so totally identified with Jesus Christ and with God that nothing could ever happen to us unless it is in the will of God and in Christ. If we, if we really got that, I have a story in just a second I want to share with you about that. that. That is total security. Security in the midst of war, security in famine, pestilence, earthquakes, no matter what comes in Christ, we are in that secret place of the Most High. We're protected from all harm and all danger, and the door to it is behind the cross. You know, I've told you about the, 
the children that we brought from the orphanage in Haiti. And the children that were in that orphanage were there because they lost their primary caregivers in the earthquake. And the story that I often tell is about two of those girls, Radovka and Belinda, their sisters. And when the earthquake happened on January the 10th, 2010, January 12th, 2010, the building fell on top of them and their mother was laying right in between them. Radovka and Belinda both got out with just minor injuries, but their mom was not able to be pulled from the rubble in time. And so they ended up in the orphanage. Uh, Radovka actually walked me across the soccer field that they had laid all of the bodies out that had died. She doesn't even know where her mom's buried. She doesn't know anything of what happened after that. She was taken directly to the orphanage. And that's the orphanage that my husband and I and our family went to in 2011. And we met them and we brought them here to the United States and they sang and they raised the funds to go back to improve their orphanage and to do many, many different things. But just this year, uh, Radovka and Belinda are graduating from high school in the United States of America. They had the opportunity because they were in that orphanage, they got the opportunity to come here on a student visa. And they've been here for about three years. Uh, they were living with a family in Baxley, Georgia, and they attended a school there. And then they ended up uh, moving here closer to us. So they've been in our home on a daily basis. And we just found out last week. Now I want you to know, as a ministry, I'm a very tight chick, right? I, I mean, I do not like to spend money. And can you imagine we have three kids graduating from high school this year that we were going to have to supply for college? And so that was uh, a little security issue that I've been dealing with about finances and trying to figure out how that's going to work out. And then I got a call last week from the high school they're attending. And she said, uh, the headmaster of the school said, Linda, I just wanted you to know that Radovka is graduating with a 3.9 GPA, not only with her high school classes, but also with the 27 college credit hours figured in that she has been taking through dual enrollment. And she will be the valedictorian of her class. And she said, and I wanted you to know that Belinda, she didn't tell me Belinda's GPA. Belinda is second in the class. She will be the salutatorian. And then she just very nonchalantly mentions to me, by the way, the college that they are attending gives a free ride to the valedictorian of our school. So I just thought you might want to know that. Now, that security is exactly what we're talking about in here. These kids are from an earthquake and an orphanage to valedictorian and salutatorian. And if you don't think that God, has his, God had his hand on those two girls through this entire process, I'm sorry. There were divine appointments that happened that have taken them to the point they're in. And you know what Radovka wants to do? She wants to go to law school, and she wants to become a, an attorney, and then she wants to become a judge. Do you know what I wanted to do whenever I graduated from <laughs> college? I wanted to go to law school, and I wanted to become an attorney, and I wanted to be a judge. 
Dafka wants to become a judge so that she can oversee victims' cases that are hurt and make a difference in the world. I hope that something I've said tonight will encourage you. And if you don't remember anything that we talked about tonight, about how to dwell in the secret place, I want you to go back and listen again on our YouTube channel. But one thing I do want you to remember tonight is it is our job to love Him and love them. <laughs>